Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. This is take two. We did an early run. Jack wasn't recording, but uh, we did not get through the whole thing. Yeah, we did not. Um, just a quick recap of the fantastic opening we had in take one. Bennett's DraftKings did poorly um, because of golf today because um, Mirfield Village Golf Club is beating up all the players on this Sunday. Um, I hit big on a really big underdog bet, and then I lost all the money that I won from that in the next round of games. And the NWSL has a lot of PKs happening. And we're talking about uh, sports where they're not wearing masks on the field, and then they wear it in the bench area and stuff like that. Um, and then let us into where we are now. And now it's just like, it's like you guys were there for take one. Yeah, except you didn't have to listen to us <laughs> ramble. So this might be better. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should do this every time as we start to ramble here. Just jump into the newsiness of what happens when we stop rambling. Exactly. So basically what we're getting into on this one is the CAA said that it's not going to play uh, football in the fall. They're going to try to move to the spring. But they're also letting schools try to play independently and sort of hold on to hope for a fall season. And JMU is one of the schools that plans on doing that. So the Dukes, you've got Elon, I think, is doing it. Delaware might do it. I don't know if they're another program or two. I think that might've been rumored to do it. I don't know which ones, um, but yeah. So Jamie, has to sort of scrap together a schedule. There's rumors and some reports from Greg Medea, the Dukes are going to try to get multiple FBS games, then multiple FCS games. You'd think they would play whatever CA teams still play in the fall. So you'd think they'll wear Elon, um, that kind of thing, maybe in home and homes, even you don't really know what will happen exactly with that. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know if any of this matters. Like that's, we'll get into that a little bit. Do you think any of this will actually like, do you think they can play in the fall? Yeah, I guess we can get into it right now. Um, <laughs> you preface like we're going to get into this later in the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I don't think any of this matters because I don't see, I, there's a scenario in my mind where the NFL can't, might not happen. Like there's a very, I mean, they'll probably be like the MLB and figure it out, but like it's going to kind of get a little ugly here in the coming days. Um, coming weeks 
but I think it's just so much harder for the NCAA to justify this. Like these aren't professional athletes, they're students. And yes, they want to play. And like, we saw that on their Twitter and everything, but overall, like it's just, you can come in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll cut that up. I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah. They're not professional athletes. So, it's hard to justify them coming onto campus and putting them into harm's way for entertainment purposes. And yeah, they all want to play, but at the same time, isn't that what the school's kind of there to like protect them in a way? And also cases are rising still. Like we haven't gotten through it and there's not going to be fans in the stands. There's not going to be necessarily safe ways. And you brought up the community aspect of it too. I think that's something that like no one talks about is like a lot of athletic directors or university presidents. And I don't know if JMU has explicitly said this, but like UVA has come out, uh, their president and said like, you know, students can't safely be on campus or grounds as UVA likes to call it. (laughs) Students can't be on, on campus. They're not going to play sports like at all. They're not going to also have student athletes like stay alone. Yeah. Sports. So that's a thing. Like, I don't know hear us we record this in like mid-July what it's going to look like sort of toward the end of August but then all through the fall I don't know if it's realistic that students are going to be on campus as long as people are planning because you bring 20,000 kids in from all these different parts of the country I think UVA's plan is like you test them to you get a test two weeks prior to coming to campus and you have to test negative but then you're like recommended to socially isolate self-quarantine by yourself or whatever within your family for two weeks prior to arriving on campus. That's a lot of trust on students. That's a lot of trust for 21 year olds who just got the option to drink at bars with their friends. To not do anything that puts them at risk for a two week span is insane. So the test for the most part, if they don't follow guidelines are going to be irrelevant. I don't know if JMU is even going to do anything that strict where they're requiring a negative test and then then the isolation. I don't know exactly what Jamie's plan is, but you look at all these schools are going to have different plans. They're going to have different ways of doing this when you bring that many people into a community and you have them like intermingling with people, all that stuff, there's risk. Like there's risk that people don't think about. And then the, the next risk you run into if they all can get onto campus is how long can they be on campus? We've seen that what Thanksgiving break is the end of like in-person fall semester. And what are the odds they even make it there? What if it's in a week or two of getting onto campus? They're like, oh, we have another spike. We're undergoing this, like, crap, you know? And then they send them all home, and then what are they going to be like? Oh, but football players have to stay. Athletes have to stay. Like, no, they're students. I, I think that's just getting lost so much in it that these are student athletes. They're not they, – they want to play. Like, we've seen it on Twitter. They're like, name a time and a place. We'll be there. But, like, it's also just not safe for them to at this point, and it's not their responsibility to provide us with entertainment. Right. And I think like, I think professional sports are going to find a way to like push through. You look at the PGA tour, obviously there's no contact there, but even the PGA tour has had hiccups with positive yeah. guys having to sit out and the NWSL has done a nice job. The MLS had some hiccups like they had a NWSL They're still having hiccups in the MLS have had teams that have had to leave the event. I mean, you've looked at, at that sort of stuff. It's been challenging. I think when you get football, it's going to be even harder when you get student athletes, across an entire country, just the volume, like the sheer number of, of athletes in like division one football and FCS is obviously larger 
than what you've got in like the NFL, right? Because you've got a hundred some guys per roster, you got like 130-ish FBS teams, another hundred something FCS teams. That's just way more people. And they're not getting paid. So like, let's say you have one of them who gets really sick. I think that could throw a wrench into everything, sort of like the Rudy Gobert kind of thing that happened with the NBA where you have that one case that sort of shocks everyone. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of hard to imagine it working out the way people expect. Yeah. And I mean, now JMU saying it's going to go to this independent type of season where they're going to source all of these things. They're going to fill it with FBS teams and FCS teams and, and figure it out as they go. But then you look at uh, the problem of probably the only FBS teams that are going to be playing this fall are going to be conference only people. And so it's, it might be FBS teams that are also then independent too, but then it just becomes like, what's the point? And, and I know there's FCS playoffs. If they're Jamie's playing as long as there's FCS playoffs, but then you just kind of, what's the point, what's the safety of flying over to the Florida Panhandle state to play them in a game that really scouts aren't watching. It doesn't really have any effect on their NFL aspirations. Like at this point, this season, they're probably the only way they're getting an NFL roster spot for next season is through their pro days. So it's just, it's just questionable to like put that all at risk to go play Florida plant panhandle in uh, it mid September because you couldn't get a game with like Towson, you know? Yeah, that's a, a good point that I was almost forgetting is where they said they're not doing it unless the FCS playoffs happen. And I tweeted this from Jamie Sports News. Like, does anyone actually think the FCS playoffs are going to happen? Yeah, here's a question for both of us. Do we think f- FCS football is happening? Like, I know Jamie was still playing and the FCS playoffs are still on, but like, do you think at the end of here we are sitting in the middle of June at the end of August, do you think the FCS is still going to have their playoffs set up? No, I mean like the next month is going to be, be wild. I think that yeah, the next 24 hours are going to be really important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the next 24 are key everybody. So keep an eye out. No, but the next, the next month I think is obviously going to be important because that's sort of getting to the point when people are going to arrive back on campus. And I don't, I just don't know if it's going to happen because you're going to look at the community numbers and how they're doing and the, and the rises across the country, whether you can bring people back safely, all this stuff. And I just, it just seems very hard to think about the FCS playoffs, the travel that is typically involved for those. From Weber State to Harrisonburg or vice versa, or, yeah. I think that's a risk, and I don't know that it's it's going to happen. I also, you've already lost multiple conferences. I know that, like, the Ivy League and the Patriot League and the MEAC aren't necessarily – massive fcs conferences the, the patriot league has like a contender every year i mean they colgate takes down jmu once every two years so ivy league they don't participate <laughs> in the playoffs but they have top 25 caliber teams yeah uh, max got some decent teams in it so i mean once you another see- caa's out too which is right. like the, <laughs> right. the, the caa is like the sec i know mountain missouri valley are going to get upset yeah. by me saying this but like the caa is like the sec of FCS. So, wow, that was a lot of acronyms. Um, <laughs> so, like, by the, I just think we're kind of brushing, because JMU's still in it, like, JMU fan bases, and even we're kind of uh, uh, doing this, too. We're kind of brushing over the fact that the CAA said they are not participating in this fall season. Right. You use the SEC comparison. You texted me, I think it's like the SEC canceling, but saying that Alabama can, like, go play independent. <laughs> 
it's exactly what this is right now. They've got like another two or three teams. So it'd be like basically saying like, you know, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and like LSU or whatever, like, all right, figure it out (laughs) or Auburn or something. I mean, it just doesn't make, like, I don't know. It's so hard to think that the CAA for the most part being gone, Patriot League, Ivy League, MEAC, there's going to be more, right? Which is all, if you also think about it, those are the teams we would have sourced from. Yes, to those play are, an FCS schedule. Like, we yeah, we have the SoCon and Big South and those trash teams. But, like, the MEAC is a team we would have – that's all up and down the East Coast. Same with Patriot and same with Ivy. Those are more Northeastern. But, like, those are teams we would have looked at to try and fill our schedule. And let's say you lose the Big South and the, what, SoCon in the next two to three weeks. Who are you, who are you scheduling? You're getting, like, Elon yeah. Dunner, and then you're going to have to try to load up on, what, like, Old Dominion and – People are saying like Tech and UVA, yeah. Try to go over and get those FBS teams, and then at that point, if you're an FBS team that has to play like a bunch, they're counting the NCAA is going to count two FCS wins for like bowl eligibility, which is I still don't think it's be relevant, but it's like something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just it doesn't make a lot of sense. The scheduling. The other thing we can get into this now, like the scheduling is going to be harder than all the fans think. The fans are like, we're going to show that we belong in an FBS conference. It's like realistically. They're going to scrap together like a seven-game slate that doesn't make any sense, and then it's going to get canceled. Or the .001% chance they play, and I know we sound like Debbie Downers, but I think we prefaced that with the tweet with not being a Debbie Downer. But, like, the odds are stacked against playing football in the fall, in both of our opinions. But we're not medical experts. We just read the medical experts like we urge you all to. But (laughs) I'm not going to sit on a high horse here. What I lost my train of thought as I did my stupid tangent. What were we just talking about? The scheduling, the seven. Like- oh, oh. And, like, if you're scrapping together these teams, like, if you're playing in ECU, like, ECU and JMU are roughly on par. So, ECU still won't want to schedule a JMU to fill their schedule because they want two FCS wins to be bowl eligible at the end of the season. So, they're not going to be like, yeah, let's take one of our FCS games that we could do against JMU, where there's a good chance we lose. Like, we're not going to go out and get Alabama. We're looking at ODU, which is another case of a team that's kind of on par. I mean, maybe UVA and Tech, but probably not. They're probably a step up. Like, where we are looking as a JMU team to play, it's teams that are very similar to us. So those teams aren't going to want to schedule. So you're just getting into a huge nightmare when you start putting it all out. Like, what, are we going to play Central Connecticut and then – yeah, even though I, what they're probably not even gonna play like what Monmouth, <laughs> right? And they're they're up in like Jersey, right? They might not yeah. play. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, that's like something to consider. And like you're saying, like UVA and Tech, realistically, the ACC is probably going conference only, maybe like plus one. So they have like one other regional. It's gonna be an FCS team. It would be, it would be like a marquee FBS matchup. So you're thinking those are probably out. You got ODU and East Carolina, like you're saying. Mike Houston's no dummy. I'm not sure he's trying, like, if they do play, to just take an L to his former team and lose, like, a chance if they still do the bowl system, which I don't know if that'll happen because that's a ton of travel. But, like, you're still – if they're playing, you're sort of thinking on those lines where it's like, I don't know if I want to schedule – like, why not schedule Elon? Like, they're closer. Yeah, or Delaware. Or Yeah, you I mean, like, like similar distances, and you're probably getting a win. So I think that would be something to, to consider when you're some of those teams. It's just – it's it's hard to see the schedule working out the way some fans are saying, where they're like, oh, we're going to get three awesome FBS games and then a bunch of regionalized FCS games. 
when realistically that that wouldn't happen. It would probably be a poor schedule. I think Jamie's making a decent decision, and, and you can share your thoughts on this, to just try to hold out hope. Because if they do, like, let's say things improve and they're able to play, I think there's there's a benefit to that. But there's also the CAA sort of says it wants to play in the spring. I don't think that's a terrible idea. I Yeah, I think this I, – I agree with more with the CAA of, like, we're going to go – just be on the ultra ultra conservative side and just say, now we're going to play in the spring. Our, our conference will. And also I think the CAA's thinking is that we're the CAA. We're one of the most important FCS football conferences. If we make this decision, we're kind of the trendsetters because yeah, the Ivy and Patriot did it, but they're smaller schools and smaller conferences where now that Missouri Valley might feel a little bit more, not pressure, but more acceptance if they made this move. And if the MBFC and CAA make this move to spring only, like that's, that's all you need because you just need a North Dakota state and honestly JMU to be playing in the spring, to have that FCS playoffs come that time. Um, But I'm a big fan of moving to the spring, maybe even full time. Um, There's an athletic article you shared I'll be honest, I don't subscribe. I didn't read it. But just from the gist of it all, like, it just – it makes sense to move to the spring full-time. But back to what you're saying, I don't really agree with JMU deciding to keep playing in the fall just because I understand what they're saying, but just the, the way they, like, went about it of we feel like the CAA is almost doing this too soon and, like, we want to hold out hope. Like, I don't know. I feel like hope was lost a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I get the rationale, but yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And the permanent spring is interesting because the athletic article sort of dove into like what would actually need to happen for the group of five and FCS to move to, I think it would make more sense for the FCS and like some of the lower group of five. Like I'm not sure yeah. the American Athletic Conference would do that without like kicking and screaming. But uh, yeah. It would unless, be- you could, unless you could have UCF saying they're the national champions every year. <laughs> then they'll be like, all right, fine. It would be spring football. You'd move the NFL draft back and that would allow for like pro day scouting stuff, combine or whatever. I know some people mentioned sort of like JMU players or top FCS guys not wanting to miss out on the combine. I don't know when the last time a JMU player actually was invited to the combine. It's not very often. So I don't know how much of an issue that it really is. I literally, it was, it was probably like Earl Watford or something, right? Like it's been a really long time. Jimmy didn't go Jimmy. to the combine. Raven didn't go to the combine. Like none of the guys go to the combine, but whatever. Um <laughs> Interesting thought, I guess, especially as JMU tries to improve. But I think in the spring, and then there would be TV revenue from, like, you'd say, like, the NFL Network or someone would, would air those games because um, it's football in the spring. People would certainly be, be interested. You'd also compete. A better product than XFL and AAF, too. There would be, be more interest, I think, because there's actually, like, emotional commitment. And you have fans who, like, not that they – like, the AAF did a decent job getting people in that place to be interested. But I don't think if you're, like, a random person. Like, there's more – like a diehard North Dakota state fan base or something than there is for like this pop-up team that probably is going to last the Birmingham iron. Like I, right. Yeah. So I think that's different, especially with like group of five. Some of those schools are really fun to watch. So it's an interesting idea. I don't know if it'll happen. You'd also be competing with like March. Oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen, but it's a beautiful I'm idea. I'm not sure it's the most realistic, but there were like anonymous FCS people like coaches and administrators quoted in the story who said that they supported a move to the spring and thought it would actually be really beneficial. So um, long-term, not just this spring, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's an interesting idea. Doesn't necessarily mean it's realistic, but it's, Hey, we're talking about football and not COVID. Right. So it's a benefit. 
that's very true. And we're talking about trying to just play football. I mean, it'd be such a bummer to miss out on the season, but at the same time, like you have to be realistic. And I just, I feel like JMU right now is, is almost not being realistic with it all. Like the content they're putting out, like the Byington and coach O like walk through the Atlantic bank union trust center, whatever it's called. Like, that's just not real. Like why? Like, I don't know. I, I understand. There's just so many things. I'm just like, understand what's happening in the country. I don't think they can go full capacity for like the UVA game. I don't think they can go full capacity for like any basketball. I, game. There's a strong chance they won't be allowed to have people in like come tip off, like the way everything's trending. And they're just like, and with football, the way it's kind of being handled, it's just kind of like, Oh, it's going to work. It's like, no, no, it won't. Here's a question for you. Does the football season, now that the CAA made its announcement, does it already feel lost to you? Yeah. It felt, because I was like, I kept looking at it throughout the summer, like the schedule, and I was like, man, these would be fun, like the Delaware opener. It would have been such a fun schedule, but it's, what? There's no CAA part of it, so... You can't say you're CAA champions. Like, yeah, there's just so much to it that you're just like, this season's done. Like, the games we were most looking forward to were all CAA games outside of the UNC game, which is the only reason we were excited for it is because, what, Jamie gets $500,000, $750,000 for it to get our butts handed to us most likely by first-round quarterback. Like, Yeah, no, it, it feels lost to me. Like, once I started to really think about it and be like – oh, like, wow, like, the schedule is screwed. And they have to come up with an entirely new schedule against teams that are also, like, not sure what's happening. It just seems like a lot of contingency planning for a thing that's never going to happen. Like, I know you have to do it, and you have to hope, like, all right, things are going to be better. I I would be floored. I would be truly shocked (laughs) if teams, like, in September or early October, there's any college football. And also, like, a thought I've had with this is think of the precedent that it would have set if JMU like said, we're moving to the spring. Yeah, that would have, that would have started the FCS domino big time. Not that it hasn't already started, but that would have been a pretty, pretty major push. Although I think the other way that they see that, and I kind of agree with them is like, if everyone's not doing it and we've been in the championship game three times in the last four years, like, Oh, we're hanging around. Like, so there's like a little ego there, but I, I get what you're saying where it could have been like, Hey, this is probably the safer play. Let's lead the way. And just like, if we can lead the way to then playing the FCS playoffs in the spring, right. like I, I think that would have been, I, I would have been more proud to be a JMU Duke if they had chosen to do that over choosing to keep all options because they're just essentially keeping all options open. I mean, Tomorrow they could easily come out and say we're moving to the spring. Like I understand that, um, but just being a forward of it, kind of like if they just switched the uh, names of Confederate, you know, buildings without having to have thousands of students sign a petition, that would have been awesome. But it's yeah, it's all confusing because you've got these schools that are sort of hanging on and partially for like a financial sense, I think. But yeah, one hundred and ten percent. If Jamie doesn't play in the fall, for all we know, they could lose half of their sports. And they could also, you've got the people in the athletic department staff that I guess this, yeah. will, this will keep them alive for a little longer. And like, you know, good good news for the DNR for a little bit, right? They've got 
yeah and stuff so i get that aspect of it of like holding out hope that you can pull something together it's just uh and it, i hate waiting i hate waiting i feel like we have to wait another month and it's just slowly going to trickle like recording this on a sunday the worst thing and it's happened every week for the last like two or three weeks is you like wake up on a monday you start doing your work and you like go through twitter which we both do because we like work in sports and you just we work get, in sports social <laughs> right you just we get live on we both live on social media so like every breaking news thing from bruce yeah. bruce feldman is that the twitter guy yeah and you've got <laughs> nicole Auerbach or whatever <laughs> but you've got announcement after announcement of like leagues canceling and and all this stuff and it's just the worst is that what that email is for <laughs> not getting twitter <laughs> dms it's the worst it's really not fun yeah. Um, what was our next step on our agenda here? I don't even know. What <laughs> What else did we have? I thought you wrote it down. I wrote I wrote permanent screen, <laughs> which we sort of got to, and then independent school and community. There was well, do you think Do you think it would be a, a bummer if we went spring full time? Like, do you th- How do you think this affects JMU? Because this is the obligatory, we have to talk about this because we're JMU and we always have to talk about this, going FBS. What, how do you think this affects that? Oh, yeah, that's what we wanted to get into. <laughs> well, there's some people that are like, this will be, a, you know, the ability to prove themselves and the Dukes will then get an F- FBS offer, which doesn't really make any sense. And like you mentioned, like the FBS teams that JMU is probably going to have a chance to schedule, some of them might be intimidated by JMU's level and prefer a regional school like an Elon or someone else, like just – just anyone else that's like more beatable because you can get those two and get bowl eligibility. Yeah. So that's confusing to me and, and probably a concern. I don't know that it's going to help anyone with their ability to go to the FBS. And uh, I think spring full time would be kind of interesting. I also don't love it because I just like enjoy fall college football. Like you're still, people are like, oh, it would give them this big stage, which I get a little bit. But then you've also yeah. got college basketball, like professional baseball would start up. Like I don't, I don't think it's quite as it's ever, it's never going to be like the thing. That's true. I, I guess I think the XFL is the closest thing to a good spring football product we are going to get in a long time. And it's a shame that like it blew up in our faces because of Corona. Um, but that was probably the best one. It all just hinges on quarterback play with yeah. spring football. And I, I, that's why I think FCS and group of five moving to that spot would be very beneficial just because like it's actually like teams that look competent playing for the XFL. There were times where you're just watching a quarterback miss a wide open receiver for the fifth time. And you're just like, <laughs> what am I watching? And then I still bet it. Cause I had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> had a problem, but uh, that's <laughs> yeah, the only reason I don't still have the problem is because sports came back. Right. I mean, now, sports were gone. It's an interesting thought the other thing that's like that i really like about group of five and maybe this is mostly like aac and like appalachian state but i like when they get to play power five teams like i really like when you get like a memphis or ucf and they're going up against like an sec school like ucf unc was going to be this year guessing that won't happen but like you had those kind of games that were awesome awesome matchups and you could sort of punch up so to speak and like play someone outside of your league that was in a power five I really like that. I like when you would have North Dakota State and JMU play FBS schools and like pull the upset. So <laughs> if they would go to this group of five and like FCS thing full time, 
it would be kind of disappointing. On the other hand, they might be able to merge it more. So JMU and the CAA would be able to go up like full time in like non-conference and like playoff games if they do this correctly against the UCF, against a Memphis, against a Houston, against an Appalachian State and Old Dominion. So like that aspect of it, I love. So if they're able to do that, I like it. If they're still doing it where it's like super segmented and like group of five still playing and FCS is playing and they're just kind of like. Yes. So if they don't merge them all, then I wouldn't like it. If they find a way to merge them all, which I just, the issue there is like the AAC and maybe even like conference USA and the Sunbelt, like some of those leagues or teams in those leagues would hate that. And they might try to go FBS. So what if you have, they do that merge, but then you also have like the AAC what if they sort of go power five and then you also have like an Appalachian state that's good enough to jump to power five or something like that, you know, it's also, and then you kind of run into the question of like, and this is also a segue kind of to another topic of if the NCAA crumbles and you have power five here and then group of five FCS here. And I realize the podcast listeners can't see me acting this out with my hands, but you can imagine it. So you have power five here and then everyone else here and the NCAA is the bridge that, is the yeah bridge that bridges the gap the ncaa bridges the gap between the two so like if that dissolves it isn't all of a sudden like the power five conferences are here and then if say the american and conference usa want to leave the group of five do they like get joined in is it then the power seven or does this become like division one one and this becomes like rant like you know what i mean like it's really hard for me to explain but Probably. Kind of how now there's the NCAA and the uh, junior colleges. Mm-hmm. Like, does Power Five become like college football, and then the Group of Five FCS mishmash become like spring football? Like, it, it might just completely change the landscape of football too. Yeah, if they do that, it'd be it'd be crazy, and that's like what would happen because you probably have the Power Five ads who are making decisions, and the AAC is clearly a step above every other Group of yeah. Five in the FCS. So they have, would have a legitimate case to be like, all right scoop us in although there's also a pretty big difference between the bottom of like the AAC you've got maybe like a Tulane or a Tulsa compared very to like, big, yeah. like a Mississippi State like that's a huge gap <laughs> you're, you're Mississippi State hanging hanging 70 on a Tulane right so like there's a there's a big gap there between those those teams at the bottom but then if you look at the top where you've got like a Houston Memphis UCF they're like comparable to the mid-tier they're not like at Alabama's level but you've got um they could get a run to Mississippi state. Exactly. Yeah. And many times beat them. So like that would have some sort of case and they would, I don't think they would be okay with like just sliding down, which makes it all more complicated. So the idea is somewhat interesting. um, But also it's a good thought starter for us to talk about football on a Sunday in the middle of July, in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, it's a great thought starter. And I think it's a big part of wanting to do the podcast today. And I think the news of JMU deciding to stick it out in the fall, but I think we've run out of topics at this point. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. We don't have to ramble too much more. I guess we'll see what happens. I think the next month or so is going to be kind of hectic. So yeah, we might pop back in. To yeah, talk probably. Yeah. I can't even, there's so much that can happen. Like we could wake up tomorrow in the FCA. Mm-hmm. Like, and the other problem, just one last quick little ramble with it all. Like, the problem is that the FCS is practically controlled by the NCAA and like the NCAA isn't making any decisions. So f- I also wouldn't be surprised if the NCAA was just like, let's see what happens. And like, don't, doesn't cancel FCS playoffs. And then there's like four FCS teams that are like, we're sticking it out. And they're going to be like, 
all right, we're going to play a round robin. Here we go. We just switched opponents. Like, something stupid like that, I would not be surprised happening. And I also wouldn't be surprised if JMU was in on that stupidity of it all. It's crazy. And you had Sam Herter did a thread like a week or two ago where he had like some of the ADs from different conferences and like conference commissioners and like their thoughts on, on fall football. And, like Missouri Valley was like, Oh, we think we feel pretty good. Like, was, like we can happen. And then you had someone else was like, Mm-mm, no chance any of this happens. Someone else was like, spring makes sense. Someone else was like, I'd flip a coin 50, 50. Like nobody has any idea what they're talking about. So that's why the next month is so frustrating. Cause you're going to have like all these schools making these different decisions. And then eventually they're all going to come to a consensus, which is probably going to be, trying to play spring football because you would have a vaccine by this point and like yeah and you would also think that then flu season would be winding down because there's gonna be a spike in flu season Uh. and also if the the fcf playoffs are i think you said it the fcf playoffs happen where we gotta all go to frisco texas in the middle of flu season bring twenty thousand fans probably at that point ten thousand fans because they're gonna do half capacity or something like bring 10,000 fans into the stadium in frisco texas i don't think frisco wants that i don't think frisco's saying we want tourism right now in the middle of a pandemic and flu season. Like there's just so much to it outside of them teams traveling too. Yeah. <laughs> Logistically, it's a nightmare. Like I have a very hard time seeing it working for a league that isn't centralized and organized. And that's, that's what professional leagues are. But when you've got. And they're bunch- paid in professional leagues. Right, like, right. It's also Their like- job is to, I know this sounds terrible, but their job is to play football. Yeah. They should be safe. And the NFL needs to have safety measures, but like, it's their job to play football and the NCAA, like if we want to get down in the nitty gritty, it's their job to be a student first. Right. So if you've got some student athlete, who's not making millions of dollars to like something, it's a massive potential liability. It's a lot of things. So I think we're both, we're both in the Debbie Downer camp that we think maybe yeah. spring is the way to go. And uh, I think people are sort of denying the fact that that seems like the most likely plan. Yeah. I, I don't even – I wouldn't even say it's Debbie Downer. I'm excited for spring football. Like, if it, even it could happens. be fun. Yeah, and here's the thing. Me being a very Debbie Downer, I don't see football happening this year. That's – yeah. But I also don't see basketball. Like, I see another just cancellation because the way <laughs> cases are going is just terrible, and we're just turning a blind eye to it. That's That's sort of the frustrating thing. It's like the country hasn't been able to slow anything in like a well-organized manner and that affects everyone and then you affect communities when you bring students back so i don't know if it makes any sense to bring students yeah and a quick political warning if you guys don't want to get too political listening to this podcast you can turn it off now i fully understand but who would have thought that you were sitting if you sat in 2018 and said trump's downfall with a random pandemic that's going to pop up in 2020 would be Fox News. I would look at you and I would say, you're crazy. That'll never happen. Yeah, even if you <laughs> Fox News is, is going after him, he's not handling it well. Because <laughs> he's like, wait, I paid you $100 million last week. What do you mean, Chris Wallace? You, you're attacking me. I, I love Chris Wallace. That was a great interview. Did you wow. see the part where he was talking about um, the IQ test they had oh, Trump take? Incredible. Well, wasn't even, it's like a cognitive test to see if you have like dementia. Yeah. And one of them was named the elephant. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like, what is this animal? And he was like, well, it's harder than that. And then he was like, you have to count from a hundred back by seven. So 
it's just, it's very frustrating, but um, yeah, I don't, it's hard to envision any way where things turn around since there's no actual plan to turn things around. And there's no, yeah. And there's no, there's no signs that it'll turn around on its own. No, none. And people like won't wear masks. It's like politicized. I'm just thankful. I live in the tri-state area and like what I think Jersey, New York and Connecticut are the only like, maybe Massachusetts too, where it's like safe. I put, I'm putting air quotes up for the listeners. Um, for yeah, they did a pretty good job. I mean, like some states have seen like decreases and you look like the South has had some big time issues, but then also like the CDC director, like was like the fall and winter is going to be like one of the worst times ever for like public health because it's going to be the flu season. And then like, you're going to have to do that. Plus the vaccine is like sort of arriving, but you have to see how effective it is and all that. I mean, like, and now that the numbers aren't being reported to the CDC, we're all going to think it's going away because you know the White House isn't going to like put out real stats. Man, it really sounds like we're living in some like Chinese type government, North Korean type government. I did not mean to get this political at the end of this podcast. It just happened. Things are really not going great. Uh, and, uh, it's frustrating when there's not like a national response or even like a local response in many cases that makes any sense. So, and then the local response sort of goes in like butts heads, like Charlottesville's mayor's like, please do not bring UVA students back. And UVA is like, here's part five of our plan to return. <laughs> I, I bet Harrisonburg's the same way. Like, I bet that Harrisonburg's like, please don't bring back these 20,000 students who get pissed drunk every weekend. We were both one of them. Like they're not, we're not making smart decisions when we're drunk and there's 20,000 of them making those stupid just like. If you sent me I, back as a college kid, if you sent me back, like I would, I would think I would like to think that I'd be better than like most people in terms of distancing and stuff. But I'm also not going to sit here and be like, I would not have eight people over in my I'd apartment. Have, I'd I'd hang out with my friends. Like I'd hang out with my my apartment people, and we'd all probably bring like one or two people over. But like I wouldn't be going to bars. No. But I also I also wasn't a big bar guy like to start with. But yeah, I have friends who are at JMU right now, and they're like, Yeah, we went over to some kid's house party, and I'm like, Oh, when like five months ago this is just a story you're telling me like oh last night and it's just like what and then if you're having in-person instruction then you're going next to those (laughs) people like i think i'd be pretty good off campus for the most part i would probably have a few people over and it would not be like perfectly following things just knowing college age me who would probably have done that i don't know and you probably now (laughs) like like me personally right now like i'm fine like if I'm hanging out with a couple of people, like socially distanced, and I know where you've been, like I know you haven't done anything stupid, I haven't done anything stupid, like I haven't gone to a lake party, you know. Like there are like reasonable risks. Like I go to the gym and wear a mask and stuff, and like most of the people in the gym don't wear a mask, but like I don't know, they're not, it's not required in Virginia to wear a mask in the gym, so you can work out without it. Which it's is not required to just wear it inside. Not in like a gym, no, because it, it's like, oh, it makes it breathing challenging. So it's not, it's not mandated inside. For I that? Would, like, I'm not working out that hard. It's like pretty easy to still work out. <laughs> so I do that and hopefully protect the elderly. There's like, some people do, but there's also like an old guy who goes in there and just like coughs up a lung. And I'm like, all right, my workout is over. <laughs> and then I leave. But uh, no, that's like, that's a risk that, that I'm taking. That's like a, you know that's risk so there's stuff like that but the students like they're going to be probably going to whatever like they're allowed to do in terms of like working out at urec or things like that they've got in-person instruction then off campus is going to be an absolute free-for-all and let's be honest the student athletes 
are going to have fun when they go back to campus mm-hmm. with 20,000 other people on campus. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot, the way of life. It's a lot easier to have 97 tests and one of them test positive when you're the only people in Harrisonburg. It's a lot harder when you insert 20,000 students and they're really, like, you're really good at football and you're, like, smart and friendly and nice and people want to hang out with you and you're like, oh, sure. And then you just won. Because then you could, I mean, what if you have this where you're playing a team, you do this makeshift schedule and the team has, like, 14 positive tests and you have to cancel that game. You're never replacing that. What if you only have an eight schedule now you're down to seven? What if that happens twice? You're down to five, like. What if you what if you have to cancel a game? Like, what if half your roster gets it, or four of your people in your roster getting you have to cancel your games? Like your next three weeks of get like, there's just so many question marks. And for that, I we neither one of us really see fall football happening. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, anything else to add? No, that's it. Okay. Um, ho- hopefully we won't be back anytime soon. Hopefully next month we'll be back. Um, but hopefully there's no huge news that forces us to come back before then. Yes. Um, hopefully, well, I will stop saying hopefully, but yeah. So that's the podcast for Bennett Conlin. My name is Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your, I think this is going to come out on a Monday. So let's go with, have a wonderful rest of your Monday or whenever you're listening. See ya. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.